and welcome to Canadians with Disabilities and Their Allies. My name is Brent Frain. I'm the host. Today I have Mike MP, Mike Maurice from Kitchener Centre Ontario joining me. And Mike is going to be talking about DERB, about his e-petition that he has uh, going through the House of Commons. We need to get those signatures uh, up as high as we can. And Mike's going to be talking all about uh, what's going on with uh, the progress on that and everything what's going on with DERB. Derb is the word. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Brent. Good to be back with you again. For those watching live, apologies for some of the technical difficulties, yeah. but kudos to you, Neil and Brent, oh, for getting us through it. That hasn't happened uh, since the very first episode. So happens eventually to everyone. So <laughs> this was just the day for that. But yeah, for those of you watching live, uh, apologies. Uh, we, uh, we're going to get right to questions. So I'll be really brief just to say that. Poverty doesn't take a break over, over the summertime. People in my community and across the country with disabilities continue to live in poverty. We're hearing at least 18 months from the federal government. That's the timeline that they have kind of set for themselves. They could choose more quickly. They've chosen not to. Well, we can then choose to continue to advocate also. And so the petition that you referenced, Brent, came directly from the disability community. Petitions are one way that we can continue to advocate using a parliamentary tool, even when parliament isn't sitting. In fact, yeah. the petition will close before parliament sits, which will allow me to present it as soon as we are back. And it's, it's, it's the work of many. In this case, it's, it's Jeffrey Salisbury uh, in particular, who is the kind of initiator of the petition. He's been doing some great media with it, but is one of so many uh, people with disabilities across the country who have continued to put out this call and, and have really put it into a, a pretty uh, you know, clear petition that we can now all share to continue to demonstrate the number of people across the country who are saying enough is enough and uh, let's just move on and, and get something done in the short term uh, while we also push to budget for the disability benefit and to get that done too. But it doesn't need to be an either or, you can do both. And um, yeah, really proud to be sponsoring this petition, one of two. And I know we've probably shared in the chat already and we, uh, if, if not, I'm sure we will, but there's a second petition on the same topic from MP Zerillo. Uh, all the more ways for us to continue to get yeah. uh, voices heard on this really important um, call. Be, I should say before we launched, I had everything in the description. <laughs> I'm going to be adding it again later because we had so many uh, foibles at the beginning of the broadcast. But uh, um, I did want to say that your petition, Mike, it it, it uh, closes on September 10. Is that correct? Yes, I'll just double check. That's the date I've got in my head. Uh, yeah. September I, I 10th think, at 8.40 in the morning. Yeah, because... Oh, wow. 
And the reason I know that is because that's my son's birthday. So oh, there we are. I, I saw your date and I'm going, oh, my son's birthday. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be a nice good uh, birthday present? Uh, there you go. To have Absolutely. It. Yeah, so we, we recognize it. We want to get this out to people immediately. Uh, and how important DERB is, I, I know that people need help back now. They needed help yesterday. And, you know, and like 18 months from now or two years from now, my gosh, um, like, I don't know how much more we can stress the point, how important it is to get the financial relief out there. I mean, the ur- like now, I mean, the urgency that the federal government took to get CERB out, I mean, it took what, one day? <laughs> they yeah. Passed- and boom, they got it out there. And I mean, we've been waiting for way too long and people are suffering uh, immensely and they yeah. don't need to be suffering in this country uh, at all. And having DERB out there uh, for a substantial amount to get people by on top of their existing provincial programs as a, as a top up um, would definitely help people in so many ways. To me, the, to me, the pandemic has actually been a little bit of a saving grace because it's really kind of, uh, opened a lot of eyes, I think, um, because, you know, uh, for the longest time, you know, the provincial governments have said, you know, $1,000 is enough uh, for people living on disability, right? And mm-hmm. and then what does uh, Justin Trudeau do? He says the, the absolute minimum that people need to survive on is a $2,000 CERB. So right away, He's he set the bar to two thousand. Mm-hmm. Well, knowing that you know the bulk of people with disabilities live on half of that, and I know that the um, the inflation rate has uh, is like fifteen percent higher than it was in in twenty in twenty twenty. So that two thousand dollars is, if you account for inflation, it would be closer to twenty three hundred dollars now. Mm-hmm. Um, and- power agency roads away so you, you and know. like like here in bc for example uh we only just got an increase in that that's good but so yeah. our increase was 150 so we're up to 25 we're up to um oh 125 so we're up to 1500 dollars now so before we were like you know basically at 1300 a little over 1300 and 1300 dollars isn't even enough to rent anything yeah you know but with, if, if but you're with, trying to rent with, with that 125 though, Neo, is the buying power. I mean, you can't really get much for that 125. It's like once upon a time where, I mean, uh, I'm sure, you know, Mike, I mean, you can maybe talk about this, that, uh, you know, you see, say, like a $50 bill. Wow, you know how much money you, I mean, what you could get for that, that much money. Now it's like, uh, it it's doesn't even seem like you can get very much. Uh, I know like there was a lady at the grocery store just the other day and, uh, I mean, she her bill came to like seventy-two dollars, and hardly any items. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's like the produce and all your just your basic essentials. Uh, it just just blossomed up. These corporations are making record profits. Meanwhile, the consumer is just paying through the nose. And so, like the hundred twenty-five that we got increase, uh, it doesn't go too far. Um, what's well, that? And and uh, Brent and I are uh, are older than you, Mike. So. Like I remember um, buying chocolate bars for twenty five cents each, yeah, me and too. and my parents would give give me a, a dollar, tax. and there's no tax, 
So my my parents would give me meet me a dollar, and I'd come come back from the store with four chocolate bars, and they were big too. They weren't all like oh, yeah. shrinkflation, or they shrink the size of the chocolate bar. They were like big chocolate bars too. Yeah, they were. <laughs> so yeah, you used to be able to buy a uh, chocolate bar, a bag of chips, a small small tiny bag of chips. I think they're like uh, thirty five grams or wherever they are. I don't know seventy seventy grams. I think they are. Yeah, and uh, and a small bottle pop in uh, a, a glass glass bottle not plastic glass bottle oh you know or a can if you whichever the same thing and came to a dollar five with the five cent uh deposit so i remember riding my bike doing the paper route and they say well bring bring back that uh, bottle back to me brent and we'll just give me a dollar bill that's right we had dollar bills back then not the <laughs> uh, not the, uh, the loony that we have now yeah well it's, it's one of the reasons why i think it's so important that we were successful in that amendment so for myself in ontario for people living on the Ontario Disability Support Program or ODSP, uh, one of the reasons why it's so disgustingly low is it's not indexed to inflation every year. So people with disabilities in Ontario, it might be the same case in BC, I'm not as familiar, but they actually fall further and further behind every year. And then we've got a government that in a year when inflation was you know, whatever, 7% at, uh, at one point or so, uh, they raised ODSP by 5% and they expected a bunch of pats on the back. Uh, mm. Well, even when they're increasing it, people with disabilities are still actually for, falling further behind. Mm. So I'm glad that at least when it comes to the disability benefit, while most decisions will be in the regulations, uh, one of the five amendments my team and I were able to get through will require it to be indexed to inflation. Yeah. So it will keep up once it's in place, but that does nothing for people in my community today who are living on ODSP and living in legislative poverty. And this is why these calls for the disability emergency response benefit are so important. Now, I know we've been getting a bunch of questions. Do you want to start jumping into those? Sure. And I saw a bunch on social media leading up to this. Uh, a number of folks were asking kind of, yeah, but I'll, I'll leave it to you both if there's questions coming in in the, in the chat. Yeah, there's um, one I, I from can... uh, Linda, and she says, uh, my family doesn't qualify for the 125. So I'm assuming, assuming she lives in BC here. Uh, doesn't qualify for the 125 increase because we're in low-income housing. Um, and, uh, she says we, we could, we could be using that money for food if we, if they just applied it to the, you know, the, the base amount, but of course they're, they're applying it to the shelter amount. So hmm. they don't actually, they can't use that money. Right. Right. Did you yeah. want to, want to comment on, on that, um, Mike? Or, well, uh, if only I took, it's, it's one of the important aspects of this call for DERB is that there, there's not conditions attached to it. Mm -hmm. That you know, what, what are you doing <laughs> making it all the more difficult between a clawback here or a, a constraint there about where someone could use dollars that are still below the poverty line? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, it, it doesn't. And to comment uh, on uh, Linda on on your um, comment on that, that um, and I'm going to summarize it very quickly uh, on that. The 125, the reason, uh, and actually there shouldn't even been a reason why you didn't get that 125, right? I mean, it's it was kind of, again, divided between the disability community. You can have it or you can't have it. And we need to, the, the government needs to stop that, right? I mean, it's like 125, just give it to people and they can better their lives. They can put it to whatever they need to, more groceries, buy more disability equipment, uh, whatever, or uh, vitamins, minerals, whatever you need. 
where food banks don't always give you all those things. Uh, and I yeah. think a misstep that the government could have easily uh, done um, where, yeah, you're going to benefit people in um, RGI. I mean, you benefit an extra 125. Great. Right. I mean, well, you're not supposed to benefit from it because you're in RGI. I mean, people in market housing got the 125. Um, but because of the cost of living, yeah, like you really don't really feel too much of it. But 125 is better than no dollars. That's my well, view. Well, when they when they did the serve, it was all just one lump sum. And, and yeah. when you when yeah. you have when you have Thank two you. when you have two sums and say, well, this is shelter and this is support, yeah. then yeah. it's it's kind of very paternal because you're basically saying, you know, people with disabilities aren't smart enough to manage their own money. <laughs> That's all, mm -hmm. almost you know, it's like it's very derivative to say, you know, like you guys can't handle looking after yourselves. So we have to divide up the money and tell you which portion is for food and which portion is for shelter. I mean, dividing it up. Yeah. We can, we can figure it out. In fact, we're probably more fiscally responsible with our money because we have so we have so much less of it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I know there was a comment that came in from, uh, uh, from Tyler, uh, just the yeah. other day, you know, I was just wondering if um, you could maybe uh, mention that to Mike. What's that? That uh, comment that came in from Tyler. That was a message for Mike. Oh, uh, yeah. He basically said um, something about the new minister um, sh uh, shooting down the idea of DERB even before it's off the ground or even before you finished your petition. That's Yeah, I, I thought it was a really important question uh, from Tyler, because it gets into expectations and into the importance of advocacy. If the federal government were already supportive of a disability emergency response benefit, we wouldn't need the petition. Mm -hmm. we, we know where they currently stand. Uh, in fact, uh, both MP Zerillo and, and, and myself in the House and at committee over the past year have brought forward motions to move forward on it. I was at committee when um, MP Zerillo did just that many months ago, mm -hmm. and she didn't receive any support from fellow yeah. committee members from any other party. Yeah, wow. and, and I so, should and I should say sorry, Mike. I should say that I did try to get you both on. I, I really, really did try to get you both on at the same time. I thought I thought it was gonna would, would be great to have you know that nonpartisan like yeah. jo joining together forces. Uh, but unfortunately, her schedule just didn't work out. So hopefully but, she'll come on sometime in September. But, uh, but well, yeah, I, did, I did try. I did try. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Two petitions for DERB. Yeah. And for my part, I just want to be reporting back with some accountability to the disability community on various people in the House of Commons who have been advocating. And MP Zarillo is certainly one of them. She's done, a, a, I think, a fantastic job. And, you know, as it relates to this question about, about DERB specifically, again, she's been bringing it up. Uh, mm -hmm. And so we know that they haven't been supportive up and until this point. And that's partly why this petition is important, is we're hoping that through mechanisms like this, we can help to communicate to the House of Commons um, the importance of moving more quickly. But make no mistake, this is not an, this is not going to be an easy um, call. Uh, in that we know that you know very you know look at the the other parties <laughs> they don't they're not supporting it at this at this yeah. point. So 
if yeah. we've got support in the NDP and the Green Party at this point, uh, that uh, I believe adds up to a total of you know, 28 out of 338 votes in support if, if it were to get to that point. So mm-hmm. I appreciate the question because it, it, it also, to me, speaks to, let's be clear about expectations. We are, you know, in, we're not in the same place as we are with the Canada Disability Benefit, where the governing party committed to a particular action and we've been pushing and pushing for them to follow through on that commitment. Yeah. Yeah, much different place than when it comes to DERB, where we need to have them even buy into even talking about the idea. And now we're seeing a minister who uh, is making clear that they aren't currently supportive with the words that, that were in the in the globe. So we're starting from a different starting point. But that's why advocacy matters. That's why I really respect you both and those who are watching this afternoon, because we know that when we see uh, government uh, providing an in- inadequate response, as is the case here, that we need mm-hmm. to raise our voices and attempt to advocate in the numbers required to shift their policy. Yeah, yeah there was a recent article that was actually in, in the Global Mail that, that, uh, about the slow rollout of the Canada Disability Benefit. I thought it was quite uh, amusing well, that they made, made the headlines, you know, right, yeah. right, right there, you know. And one of the really negative, one of the uh, other negative comments we got is, uh, is uh, somebody said, well, Mike's a thousand days too, too late. I mean, kind of what's the point? And it's like, you know, that doesn't really, yeah. I mean, I, again, I kind of understand the frustration and I understand the anger, but, you know, just to, you know, blame Mike or, or, yeah. you know, blame Please. Benita or, or Peter Julian Please or whatever. Call. It doesn't really solve anything. And and before we yeah, went live, yeah. I was I was telling you that's one of my pet peeves about the whole thing is mm-hmm. when you see so much like infighting and division within yeah. the disability community. That's not like right. that does, that doesn't solve anything, right? And it's just so frustrating. Well, again, you know that that's why I mean the federal government's just dragging their their heels. I mean badly dragging their heels. Uh, what is it now? A thousand and sixty-two days now since they first promised the uh, CDB. Uh, and they don't seem to have any appetite uh, of getting that going anytime soon. I mean, a very weak framework. Um, and I mean, kudos, I mean, definitely to you, Mike, uh, for getting all these other amendments uh, that they're in place. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that's awesome. I mean, so, so happy that you've got all these amendments and, and, all, and everybody that's had their input of getting all the amendments put in place uh, for the, you're, uh, you're adding you're ad- adding ingredients yeah. into the into the pot of spaghetti yeah. right and that's into the, my, my pot of spaghetti uh, <laughs> i keep yeah. talking famous pot and yeah. uh you know and, and you know it's awesome that you know that you're you're doing all this work and and mp uh, zarello and and there's so many more that are all working on the piece of the the uh, the pie should we say or the pot of spaghetti right as i always talk about and it's so important to have having everybody's input in it. And where you have testimonial statements where in the committee, it is so, it's so unfortunate that the, um, the policy makers, the ones who are in there, they, they kind of like, it's kind of, it's, it almost seemed like they kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. You don't need to speak right now. Right. They just have their agenda of, of rushing and, and kind of squashing this down of watering it down so that we can just take our time in getting this done. Well, People's lives, as you say, I mean, they don't get put on hold. Advocacy doesn't get well. There's two. There's two sides to it, right? There's two sides to it. Like you want it to be done right, 
Yeah. You don't want you don't want it to be done haphazardly. So that's one yeah. part of it. But at the same time, too, I mean, when they rolled out CERB, remember yeah. the uh, prime minister said, "Well, let's just figure it out later, yeah, right?" Figure it out later, and, yeah. And you kind of have to do. I think you kind of have to do that now with DERB. I mean, that's the important. That's yeah. why these petitions are so important. Just yeah. just do just put something out there. And yeah. yeah, I think it's important that we really fine tune the I actual totally CDB when it comes out. But for now, like the 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 emergency part of it can just be like just rush it out there and get something out there. Well, and that's then, why then worry about the finer points later, right? Yeah. Well, that's why it's an emergency because yeah. it, like when there's a crisis, what do we do? Uh, well, we'll 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 think about it later. Um, no, yeah. like I mean, look when, what's going on when your house is when your house is on fire you get out of the house right you know well, look at what's going wait. on in Colombia is the worst yeah. in, in uh, bc's history and there's a crisis so they're they're help they're all the uh, first responders are out there um and and i you know i want to quickly just take a uh, 10 seconds of, of our segment i want to thank the first responders the fire mm. department all the all the uh the, well the first responders i'll call them um all of the above thank you thank you for for doing everything that you're doing and helping British Columbia uh, through this crisis um, situation that uh, I just, I just can't, I'm just lost for words because it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking to hear the, all the stories that people have gone through and what they're going through and all the losses going forward uh, immensely. But thank you so much to all that are doing what they can do to help people um, through this crisis situation. Well, Grant, what you make me think of when you share that and appreciate those kind words for the first responders is, is what this is really about. It's actually very similar to the climate crisis. This yep. is about moving past pretty words and moving towards action at the pace that this emergency actually requires. And yep. that's what we're not seeing in the House of Commons on either one of these fronts, whether it's climate-fueled wildfires, that we've been, this is not a surprise. Mm -hmm. This is a lack of political will from different political parties at all levels of government for many decades. And it's just as true when it comes to people with disabilities living in poverty right now. <laughs> that you're getting a lot of pretty words. But the fact is, if you actually wanted to go faster, you absolutely could. So this is a this is a choice that's being made, and that is as a result of a lack of political will from elected people in this country. Who I happen to think, you know, we could elect people in a way that's more proportional as opposed to the current way we elect pe people under first past the post. That's a whole separate aside for I think one reason why we see delayed action. But we need to push to see more urgency from MPs right across the country. And I think that's, again, why I turn to, you know, what you shared earlier, Neil, and some of the frustration you're hearing. I get it. Mm -hmm. Or at least I can appreciate it. I, I don't have the same lived experience. So maybe I'll never fully understand it. But I can appreciate for people living in legislative poverty year over year with broken promises from different political leaders over so long mm -hmm. that someone's in a position where they're going to lash out. And if that is to me or to anybody else, I don't hold it against them. Mm -hmm. what, I, what really angers me, though, is when we see that there are solutions available and pretty words getting used about them, but not 
the action to back it up. That's the part and that really frustrates me. Really frust sorry, Mike. Um, the part that really frustrates me is when I think back at the beginning of uh, the pandemic where um, we, I used to call it the uh, Trudeau show. Uh, Sonia used to laugh about it. She said, oh, the Trudeau show is on. And, you know, we wake up and watch TV. You know, coming on the TV, uh, Justin Trudeau would come out of the out of the, the cottage, right? You know, put the door, come out there, and the media would be around them. And so he'd be waiting day after day announcement. Well, maybe there'd be something for the uh, for Canadians with disabilities. Oh, no, we're going to talk about uh, seniors. We're going to talk about uh, uh, the workers' benefit. We're going to talk about, but nope, nothing to do with Canadians with disabilities. Finally, like you can see the narrative slowly getting there, but at the very end. But we got your back. We hear you. You know, we're with you. And all these pretty words, like, mm. and I'm thinking, okay, then, then the uh, launch of, oh, we're going to do a Canada disability benefit. And then they pulled the plug, called a, an election. Just what, what was it? One day when they brought it out on the House of Commons, the first reading, and then poof, gone. Was it Bill C-35? And then it got relaunched again as Bill C-22. So many people I know back then, a, a building that I was living in, uh, they were saying, oh, they're going to come out and actually help us. The federal government actually cares. They're actually going to help us now. I'm like, well, we'll see. We'll see. And I always kept in my eye on that. And that's when I realized and I, I approached Neil and you know, the story is, and I said, Neil, we, we you know, we got to do something. I got to do something for the disability mm -hmm. community. Uh, I got to bring people together because I see what's happening here. I see something not so good. And um, yeah, and that's where we well, are now. Well, you know, you know, the the best of Brent that I just put out, I don't know if you saw it, saw it Mike, but I did a best of Brent and I included the song. Remember, remember, I did the song uh, Honesty. Billy Joel, and and one of the one of the lyrics in the in the song is, "I don't need no pretty face to tell me pretty lies. I just want someone that I can count on, or something something like that." And uh, you know, it's so true. Like that's what we want from our politicians, right? We don't want pretty lies. <laughs> we don't all want all, all talk, so, but no action. Is yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and anyway, that that's why I include that. Yeah. Clue that in I, there. I like that actually, and uh, <laughs> did a good job on that, by the way. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and that's kind of where we're at. Um, and people are just desperate for—they're really desperate for help, and there should be help. Like there shouldn't even be um, an excuse. It's—it's um, it's all policy driven. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't affect. I guess the way I look at it is, it doesn't affect the uh, the policymakers' their lives, so there's no urgency. But it put themselves into the shoes of a person with disabilities in Canada and around the world, but in Canada anyway, and live their lives, just live their life, just even for like one day, a month, a, a year, man, I, I tell you, uh, their eyes would open. I mean, I know the other night I, I got, I got really <laughs> criticized because I, well, what are you having for dinner? I, I saw you, well, you hadn't pulled anything out. And I threw popcorn. I, I, I wasn't really that hungry. I, this is what's for dinner. And I, it just blew up. Boom. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, one of the uh, comments we got from Tom too is, remember he told told us that we should be doing a another segment called uh, Disability One Hundred and One or something. Remember? Mm -hmm. And yeah. and and uh, one of one of the first ones that I would want to do is because I think there's that prevailing attitude from people that aren't disabled that oh well your your life sucks anyway. <laughs> people with disabilities. Your life sucks. Any well, I, I'll tell you, my life doesn't suck. 
I like I I I like my life, right? Like yeah. I I really really like my life. I I I love that I'm here, you know. And and all I want is for you know policymakers to to make policy that makes sense and that is that is honest and true and based on reality. And that's why you know. I'm big on the clawbacks, right? I talk about clawbacks being the pink unicorn mm -hmm. because yep. it's like you're turning something that's that's a that's supposed to be a protected income, and you're saying poof, it's no no longer a protected income. We're changing the goalposts. The goalposts are now way over here, and you know that they have this idea that you know if you're an able-bodied person, then you have these standards here, and then if you're a disabled person or elderly, your standards are over here. And, you know, it shouldn't be the like true is true and reality is reality. And it should be this. It should be that for everyone. Right. Well, because otherwise, and then what's the point? Well, that's why it's so important to, um, you know, to have a unified, um, you know, program in place, like emergency amount, uh, immediate emergency amount. And I, I don't know how much more I, we can stress to the federal government to understand that this is an emergency. This is not just a, well, you know, it'd be nice to have. No, it's an emergency. Like people's lives yeah. are at risk here, and people and are actually dying. People are dying. Or, or choosing made. And yeah. I mean, that's and they, terrible. It is. I mean, and they should not be having to choose made because you know, of income inequality, of government neglect, of legislative poverty. And when I, I when I mentioned just a few minutes ago, when I mentioned popcorn for dinner, well, I have we have the money budgeted, and we have like a five week month. When you get those five week months, it makes it very difficult. And so I looked in the future. Well, what am I going to pull out? I mean, I, I got to make that last till, you know, X amount of days. And, uh, you know, I had a late lunch. So I, I really like I wasn't that hungry. So I just had popcorn dinner. And, and of course, right away, well, I had a comment. Well, well, you you and Sonia get one hundred twenty five dollars each. That's yeah. besides the point. The point is that when you go to the store, the, your buying power is not there. So mm -hmm. you can go buy laundry soap. You can go and buy this and that. Next thing you know, poof it that you know, poof again. Magic, we, you know, we've got it. we've got a we've got a comment from uh, Beach, and oh. he and he says, "Hi, is Mike going to be able to talk, or because he's only going to be on for so long?" So I, I apologize, Mike. It's true. Sorry. We're probably probably taking up all your time. So, well, no, I I think it's really important to be hearing both of your perspectives with lived experience. I appreciate what you said, Neil, about you know, how much you enjoy your life and, and Brent helping people understand what it's like. A lot of yeah. people wouldn't know what it's like to think about a budget and that some months are longer than others. And you're thinking meal by meal. I think one thing I wanted to add is in addition to the call for the disability emergency response benefit, how important it is that we also continue other really important pieces of advocacy. Some folks might be aware the Government of Canada released the process for the regulations of the Canada Disability Benefit this summer. Uh, I'm sure, Neil, you've probably got the link to it. I'll put it in the chat here to share it on, uh, on the YouTube channel also, if not. Um, uh, and and that, that's what's going to set out the process. Maybe what for... you could do, maybe what could you, you could do, Mike, mm -hmm. is just actually um, send it to my uh, DM on my Twitter. And I'll add it. Sure, I'd yeah. be happy to do that. Okay. Because one of the other amendments that we were successful, so there was nine amendments to the bill that is now the Disability Act, that is now law, um, or at least 
that has royal assent and it's going to get yeah. in, into law over time. Um, five of the nine, uh, one of those five that we, we were successful with requires people with disabilities to be meaningfully involved in the creation of the Canada Disability Benefit and barrier-free. Well, if you look at what they've posted for an engagement process, I'm a little bit skeptical that this matches what we had them add to the bill. This is oh. saying there's going to be an information session. Uh, there's some round tables, an online survey. That yeah. doesn't quite match what mm -hmm. um, we'd previously understood. So some organizations are going to an information session uh, tomorrow, I'm told. I'm going to be debriefing with some of those organizations. What we'd called for and what's in the the bill is that people with disabilities across the country would be at that table. Again, yeah. pretty words, nothing about us without us. Well, we need to now hold them accountable to what was in C-22 because we also know that almost every important decision about the Canada Disability Benefit is left to the regulations, which is outside yeah. of Parliament now. Things like who's eligible and how much is it going to be? Pretty important questions are all in the regulations. Well, we need to make sure that you both and other people with disabilities across the country are at that table pushing them to ensure it's the best possible benefit. So I think it'd be fantastic, Neil, if you could share that link so people can see what's been announced. Mm -hmm. And I think over the coming weeks, we're going to see more from organizations like Disability Without Poverty and, and March of Dimes and others, and Inclusion Canada, who've yeah. been you know, advocating alongside uh, people with disabilities uh, to see, well, maybe we need to be pushing them more to meet the expectation that was set um, in, the, in the bill itself. And um, you, make, you make a great point, Mike, because I'm thinking about like uh, back here in BC that there was um, some accessibility uh, legislation. Remember that, uh, Brent, where, where they had the... Um, Shane Simpson came out and he did those round tables and they, they right. were good. They were good. I'm glad I went to those, but the, were, the problem oh. with them, the problem with them is that they had, they gave out this package with like pre pre packets with questions and everything. And so it, it already, it already kind of filtered out what we're supposed to be talking about. Right. So it wasn't like, you know, come, come to the, this thing and, and just have open discussion. It was like, we're going to stick to the package we're going to stick yeah, to exactly what's in the package and anything that's off book, we're not going to cover. Right. So it yeah. was like, no, there was no, there was no discussion about clawbacks and how perverse that is. It was all like, let's just talk about uh, building more ramps yeah. and building accessible playgrounds and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. It was, you know, so you make it. Great it's, all point, about, right? it's all about including inclusion, right. It's all about including the disability community across Canada to come together in, in uh, developing this disability, uh, Canada disability benefit, and having wow. some of the voices not being heard, it, it's really hurtful. It's really hurtful. Well, I'll include this, the text uh, to Neil again, and we can um, share it over DM if you'd like to share with the community. The language we got in there is that they're meaningful and barrier-free opportunities to collaborate in the development and design of the regulations, including eligibility criteria, application process. So collaboration is more than just you giving me an online survey that I fill out by a certain date and who knows what you do with it. 
That yeah. sounds like a very one-way street type of an approach, right? Yeah. So I think it's important we, um, we, we, we consider advocacy around uh, the regulatory process. The other one is the budget. Yeah. Right. We need to Take continue. Like, uh, when it came to childcare and when the governing party was really serious about childcare, they allocated money first. They budgeted for it. Then they got into negotiations with provinces and territories. And then last, they set it out and enshrined it in legislation to make uh, it more difficult for other parties to change it. Well, here, it's the opposite. They did the legislation first and said, oh, we can't do more until we then uh, move into negotiations and then we'll all allocate budget. Well, that's not always the case, actually. And you'd think you'd be in a stronger position if you've already allocated budget for and said, hey, we're at the table. We know this is a significant investment. This is where the federal government is going to be. The only budget allocation for the disability benefit so far has been to the public service to design it. Mm -hmm. There is no dollars actually allocated to the benefit yet. So we had been and will continue to call that in the next budget or in the fall economic statement, they could begin to allocate funds for the disability benefit. Um, they haven't yet. If this is about trust and building trust with the disability community, what better way to do that than to say, okay, you know what? We recognize this is an emergency. So here's an emergency response and here's the allocation to ensure that we're ready for when the disability benefit rolls out. I don't think it needs to be one or the other. Yeah, they, can, they can do both. And to your points, if they really saw this, if they saw legislated poverty in the disability com community as an emergency, you know, there is, there is a direct call to action that they can follow through. Maybe part of the issue is maybe we have normalized poverty in this country. And yeah. you know, Brent, you mentioned earlier, how is it going to affect their lives? Well, it should affect every MP's life because they should be hearing from hundreds of people in their community up in arms over legislated poverty for people with disabilities, which kind of goes back to the, all the importance of this conversation that you both host on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. All of the advocacy from the disability community is, is you're helping make clear to MPs that this is politically important for them. Mm -hmm. it they is, need to know that. It is. It's extremely important that you know, there's like 1.5 million disabled Canadians who are on government programs uh, in legislative poverty. Now, here's a reminder to the uh, to the federal politicians, uh, policymakers. Now, their families, their caregivers, their doctors, the nurses, first responders of every. I mean, it's all interconnected. How many voters are there in Canada now? So. Like and I'm not going to put this as a as a um, as a partisan issue, as nonpartisan. But really, like, how many people will it affect if you don't make these these proper decisions? How it affects people's lives? Like, they're interconnected. Maybe they know people, other family members that are extended, and it hurts their family knowing that that their their uh, cousins or their uh, you know grandparents are disabled. Like it's a ripple effect and it hurts everybody across the nation. I mean, how many decades was there unpaid labor for housewives, yep. right? Right. I mean, it, it was just kind of, under, it was just kind of understood. Of, of course, 
you know, housewives are going to stay home and, and, but I mean, that's a lot of work. Yes. And you, you think about, uh, you're talking about care aids for people with disabilities or people that mm -hmm. are elderly. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot of families that are taking care of the people that are elderly or people with disabilities. And in those cases, um, you know, people are having to step away from their jobs so that they mm -hmm. can take care of these. So it is a trickle down effect. You're right, Brent. It, it is. And I mean, a, a disability can happen to anybody at any time. It doesn't matter uh, who they are. I mean, mm -hmm. it, and it will, like it will happen. It's not being a candidate. It will happen. Uh, born or develop it. Uh, you can get an accident. I mean, you name it. Uh, you know, when I was, uh, when I was, uh, well, I guess I was about 11, I was almost 12 years old. My, one of my neighbors uh, played hockey and had a hockey accident and became uh, paraplegic just like that yeah. just like that um i remember now i still remember ambulance like there was two ambulances like they were all racing down the road well of course me busybody. well what's going on what's going on you know i hear all the sirens they went down there and um he had an accident he uh, his father had built a little ice rink and it was uh in the winter time in his backyard he went like this and they had all the kids together and had an accident and that was it so, I mean, it can happen to anybody at any time. I, and I really don't want anyone to take life for granted. Never, never take life for granted because things can change so fast. Um, we, and we, having, we have, we have about seven minutes left oh, before, at the and, and top of the hour. So place is great. Um, so I want to, you know, I want to extend uh, how important it is to get an emergency fund out to help uh, Canadians with disabilities we can get the Canada Disability Benefit funding going too. That can be done at the same time. And you're you're 100%. I mean, you're be beyond 100% right on that, Mike. Um, it can be done both at the same time. It's all about uh, excuses like from the federal government. Excuses, delay tactics. Uh, I used to use the old phrase, kick the can down the road. Well, delay, well, we'll, 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 you know, we'll do it later. Well, uh, there's more to do. There's always that key word, more to do. As to me, that's like a delay tactic. It's like, yeah, they know it needs to be done now uh, when it affects people's lives. So um, I want to uh, I want to say thank you uh, right now before we go into our ending uh, comments and, um, to Mike. Uh, I want to thank you very much for coming on today and um, talking about DERB and how important it is to get the funds out immediate to people and, and the Canada Disability Benefit, the um, all the amendments that uh, yeah, you managed to get passed through like five out of the nine. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, and of course, now we know what, what's happening with that. And we'll do a follow up like oh, well, I'll have you back on again uh, in the very, very, very near future here. Um, and we'll as disability never takes a break. Uh, the advocacy never takes a break. I'll try not to have the uh, technical problems. Oh, what if I? <laughs> We're fine. It happens every now and then. If I get a chance for a few concluding uh, yep. offers, I, I guess, first of all, these conversations have been so important to me since pretty much I was elected. Um, we'd reached out and had our first one over that other social media platform. Um, and for me, this has been such a great way to stay closely connected to the disability community. So I really appreciate you both for this to me is a really like important for our democracy. As an elected person, I want to be informed by your experiences. I also want to be answering the questions and accountable to the disability community. So I appreciate you both for providing these, 
and I'll continue to be joining for them at whatever regularity you think pe people want to hear from me uh, to make sure that we continue to have that two-way flow. Um, for those who want to continue to advocate, I know some have said, okay, I signed the petition already. What else can I do? Well, of course, you can share the petition. Uh, the more signatures, uh, the more we'll be able to um, articulate the extent to which this is important for so many people across the country. But in addition to the petition, you can also reach out to your MP directly to, you know, you could email that person, uh, their email address. I can just tell you it's their first name, a period, their last name, the at symbol, P-A-R-L dot G-C as in government of Canada dot C-A. And in that email, you could explain your lived experience. You could share the action you want them to take, for example, to introduce a disability emergency response benefit. You can ask them for a conversation to actually meet with them about it. And then you can even go so far as to say, what will you do to help advocate for this? What, what are you doing with the influence you have as my member of parliament to move this ahead? Not that there's a vote on it tomorrow, but you could be taking steps to help bring this to fruition. Have you met with the minister? Have you written the minister a letter, for example? Um, so please don't be... You know, if you're looking for more ways to be in, in, engaged, you know, advocating directly to your MP, having those in your community doing the same, this is how we continue putting that pressure on. We were talking about that story you were sharing, Brent, in the Global Mail. That story didn't just fall out of the sky. My sense is that Jeffrey reached out to the Globe and said, I want to talk with you about my, my petition. And so look at what that, you know, as one person, uh, what their advocacy has led to in, in terms of now, you know, getting a question to the minister about it, getting it in a national publication, that's putting more and more uh, pressure. Uh, these are the things that we can each be considering to the extent we have the energy and, you know, the weight of legislative poverty is its own. So not that there's an expectation, but for those listening, if people are looking for more ways and say, okay, I've signed your petition and I want to do more, those are some things to consider. Um, I wanted to also offer that I know Disability Without Poverty is offering a session talking about the regulatory process that I mentioned earlier. And so if folks are interested, it's September 12th at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern time. And if you follow Disability Without Poverty on Instagram or Canadian Down Syndrome Society, a number of organizations are sharing about that. It's another way to stay connected to that process in, in addition to what Neil's going to send out for those that are interested in engaging in that regulatory process and in that continued pressure to, uh, to get the, the Canada disability uh, benefit in the budget. Um, so a few more ideas uh, for people to consider as, as you might want to continue your advocacy, as well as the two petitions we do have out there, which are part of what will be a pretty big um, jump for us to try to shift uh, where the federal government is at on this. Um, it's, it's, we're, we've got a long way to go, but look at what, what, what we did. If you look back to, you know, Brent, you mentioned when C35 got introduced just before an election, yeah. and it was the disability community that was able to put the pressure on to get C22 reintroduced, to get all party support for it, to get it through the House and through the Senate. Um, it's not nearly enough, but the wins we've earned to date are your wins. You did it. 
Uh, the disability community across the country kept the pressure on to, to get that follow through. And you know, that is to me what our democracy should be about. Um, so a long way of saying, I guess, thanks to you both for hosting this again. Thanks for having me back again. And, and thanks to those who've joined us live for the questions you have shared. For those maybe who are watching a recording, feel free to be in touch with Neil and Brent. I'll be back here. It sounds like other MPs will be back here also. And I know your advocacy is not going to let up, whether it's on social media or in meetings with MPs. We really need it. And um, I just really appreciate you both. So thank you. Okay, yeah, I, I want to I want to thank you very much, Mike. Um, you know, so just anyone uh, you know watching uh, for new uh, new links that are coming up uh, with with my upcoming guests, uh, MPs, uh, MLAs, whoever it may be. If it's the Twitter, I still call it Twitter. Uh, Elon Musk calls it the X. I always call it Twitter because that's what it is. Um, just stay tuned. Um, and Mike, you know, I, I want to thank you uh, very much for coming on today. Uh, it's always a pleasure having you on and look forward to having you on again soon. Um, anyone tuning in today uh, and on the podcast listening after, uh, stay tuned for any upcoming uh, segments for uh, my guests coming up. If you want to be a guest, reach out to Neil, uh, daddybentlegs.com, right? And there's a tab over there. Scroll over onto the page request that uh, you'd like to come on you have ideas for the show let us know um or if you know somebody else who wants to come on feel free reach out reach out to me uh weatherman uh on twitter reach out to neil matheson uh one on twitter uh, you can direct message us us um send us a direct a, a actual twitter message however you feel you want to do it uh be a guest and be part of the uh be part of the solution here of making a better Canada for everybody. So I want to thank everybody to tuning in today. Um, it's been a great pleasure having Mike join us today and for everybody tuning in. Thank you. Thanks everyone.